folks, welcome to episode 38 Three, eight. of our Run Club podcast. Um, today we're talking tech. Um, we've got a special guest. Hey, I'm back again. <laughs> you, might, you might recognize him from previous podcasts, but uh, Adam is back. Um, he's got some experience with some running technology, um, and he's like super fast and he kind of knows what he's talking about. So we brought him along. Yeah. Um, but before we get into all that, um, I haven't seen you guys in a little bit. How's your running going? What have you, what have you been up to? Um, the running has been going well. I've been doing it. I actually, um, I have to say that I um, paced my wife to uh, her PR and had a marathon on Sunday. It happened, really all right, great. So she was very excited about that. I was very excited about that. And it was, it was, it was a great occasion. You know, she hasn't run a half marathon in three years. Um, and she, five years ago, when she hit her PR, and she did it again on Sunday. It's a great day, Victoria's Day for her. So, awesome. like so yeah, I have to say that that really kind of, kind of flying high on that. I feel pretty good about that. It's great. Were you like a great perfect pacer? Were you like on point? Um, I, I mean, I like to think so. Yeah. I like to think so. Um, you know, she thought I did. She told me I did a good job. She could be really, real nice. <laughs> But she did it, and that's good. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's what counts. Did you yeah, not? Well, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the How about you, man? What have you been up yeah. to? Yeah. Been up to? Uh, uh, I am for sure like in the best shape of my life, which is awesome. I, I didn't think I'd ever get back here, then even further that. Um, so yeah, things have been going really well. Um, I'm also chipping away at personal bests nice. that have been set, and my 10K. Run one since 2007, so that's wow. 12 years ago now. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to think that. Yeah, and then um, you know, just slowly chipping away at those other distances too. Some of them are in 2013, 2014. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's very impressive. It gives me hope. Yes, I've kind of There's resigned. I've resigned myself to saying I'm never going to run a PR again. Oh, ah, you. you know, but may you give me hope. Right, right? exactly. You can do it. You just gotta put in the work, right? Put in the work and then put the time in and get back there. For me, I'm just trying to fit in a run. <laughs> like yesterday, I put the kid down for a nap and was like, I'm going to get on the truck and I'm trying to get something in. Yeah. And it was three miles and he was up. <laughs> so that was a. Yeah, take it, you can get some time. Yeah, that's man. it, man. You know what I mean? That's, gonna, having a treadmill in the house is actually good. You know, it's, it's good for that situation. It was helpful, but you got to seize that opportunity. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I only managed three, but. So right, you got something done, you know. Um, well, let's get into it. What do you guys say? Talk a little bit let's about some, uh, technology that helps us runners run a little faster. There's been some hot debate lately about some of these shoes that people have been using. A lot of the brands do it, but they have been putting plates in the shoes to make it run a little faster. I've had a couple on my feet, and it kind of feels like you're like you're cheating. Like you're being propelled <laughs> forward, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like you're not working as hard. You're running on juiced shoes. Yeah, exactly. Like I have a pair of, um, they're called Asics Glide Ride, and it's kind of like a cheaper version of a lot of these like super high-end ones. Um, and it's got like this, it doesn't have a like carbon fiber or plastic plate in it, but it's an EVA molded plate type thing that kind of rocks you forward and legit feel like I'm just like flipping along. Yeah, I've had an I, I've had an opportunity to wear a pair of those and do a run on those. And they, 
feel like you're being propelled forward for sure. It'll get you up there on your toes. And so. Yeah, and I know Adam Russell shoes too. Correct. He's been rocking the old Nike Vaporfly. Yeah, so um, kick things off with the 4%, um, which was my training shoe all summer long. Definitely that same kind of feeling. Um, I guess the idea behind it is you're 4% more efficient while running. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now how do they go about doing that? How do they make you 4% more efficient? So there's supposedly a carbon fiber plate on the inside. Um, and so this helps you know, to propel you and kind of gives you that feeling that you, know, you can keep going. Um, and I kind of noticed it almost like immediately in a track workout. So the first time I'd ever worn four percent, um, and you know, like I would say I was immediately running like three to four seconds faster for eight hundred meters, like in an interval on the track. Um, right. Wow. Um, was that four percent faster than? It actually is. Yeah. It actually is, like right on the nose. There we go. Um, yeah. And um, so, you know, I had just done my own research online. Um, you know, I would hear, you know, other people in the running community kind of say, like, hey, these shoes are fast. And it got to a point where, like, every road race I ran on the starting line, like, everybody was wearing the horses. So true. I see it yeah. all the time. I like, half marathon. I've seen it. I've heard it. Yeah. Yep. And, any marathon you see, you see a ton of people wearing that shoe. I saw a stat that 31 of the last 36 podium spots in World Marathon Majors have been wearing this shoe or some type of variant of it. Yeah, and it comes with different, actually, there's not a lot of variety, but there's a couple different colors you can buy this in. Um, right now, this is the orange and blue. So, sure, absolutely. Um, they don't last very long, supposedly these I've heard that about them, that they don't last very long, but what do you think, maybe a couple hundred miles, if that? I don't even think that, I think only a hundred. Um, okay. okay. And as you can see, um, I'll look at the bottoms. I've only done one workout in this exact pair of shoes that yeah. I'm looking at. And you can see that the bottoms are starting to fray. Like the heels all like scraped up back there? Yeah, yeah. and that's not... just from one workout. Yeah, there's not a ton of like that carbon rubber on the bottom. So like this, the black stuff on the bottom of your traditional shoe is like a carbon rubber, and that's made of essentially the same thing as like a car tire. So those like black spots will be a lot more durable. But if you're gonna, if you're laying out on the outside of your heel on the shoe, you're you're hitting that softer. I think they call that Zoomix foam or Zoom whatever foam, um, and that's gonna wear out. Pretty quick, and you can see a lot of like compression. You can definitely see that. Too. If you look at the midsole, you can see that it's compressed in some areas here in the foot. I think that's one of the things that is interesting about this particular shoe versus like your kind of what used to be your traditional racing flat. Your traditional racing flat is low to the ground, like super thin midsole, still has that rigidity to it, but it's not going to be put as cushioned as the. Vaporfly, or like as you'll see, the next percent, or like even this Hoka Carbon X shoe. Um, the combination of being lightweight but still like cushioned mm -hmm. is something mm -hmm. that's a little bit newer with the like racing shoe. Um, 
Um, what I think is interesting is it's the, for some folks, it's like the race day effect of getting to like mile 23 and your legs don't feel quite as beat up as they used to, or like the training effect of running in that shoe every day for your runs and just feeling better because you're, you're cushioned a bit more than your other faster shoes used to be. And then also, I was reading that carbon plate in there isn't just for propelling forward, it actually stabilizes your ankle. Awesome. So when you strike the ground, you're not working quite as hard to stabilize yourself. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So it, it assists you in that manner too, which is kind of neat. And so now you're, you, you use this for the majority of your training as well as racing? or No, um, I would say just because of the low amount of miles you get out of them. Okay. I would only use them on a workout day or a race. Gotcha. And um, they're also on the pricier side, especially compared to you know, most things in our sport. Yeah, um, yeah how much do those go for? Um, you have to buy them directly from Nike.com, and they're $250 a pair. Wow, this Yeah, it's so expensive. Way yeah. more pricey than the average pair of running shoes. You definitely want to make sure that I wouldn't use these on an everyday run unless, you know, there was an emergency, maybe like I did, like a hardcore workout the day before, my legs are chewed up. Yeah. You know, maybe I would use them the day after, but that's, even that's few and far between. Yeah. Huh, that's interesting. So you just feel like it's an easier run, you know? Yeah, so I would say my favorite part of these shoes um, is it takes away so much pounding in a workout or after a race. Um, I swear, like, there was a time where, you know, you go to the track and you're wearing flats. Um, I would have a hard time walking up and down the stairs the next day. Oh, yeah, with the calves getting all tightened yeah. up. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Getting up. Get, like, the spikes on and you're so much pain after. Yeah. And, I mean, like, just going to work the next day and walking around the office. Um, just everyday living, you know. It felt like it took so much more out of you. Now that I have these shoes, you know, it's like I'm fine. It's like the next day you might have a little bit of the post-workout fatigue, but your legs are not chewed up at all. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. That's probably why, like, a lot of the marathon runners wear it, right? Because uh, after mile 20 or whatever, you're pretty beat up. So maybe it gets you to the point where, like, mile 24 is, like, Think that probably contributes a lot to it because like a lot of people will focus on like the fastness of it but i think a lot of the like cushioning aspects and then that plate in there helping you be a little bit more efficient is probably one of the major reasons why so many fast people wear it for those longer runs and even not right. fast people you right. know like people who just are trying to run a faster marathon or a faster half marathon will try it out just to help uh, you know, get them a little bit of a push. Because yeah. I noticed too with a lot of the, with a lot of racing flats that I mean, the, at least ones I've worn, it's just, they have limits. Mm -hmm. They'll feel great short distance, but then when you get deeper into a race, it's like you start to feel like oh, I'm feeling my calves a little bit, I'm feeling the pounding. And so right. if this helps in the long run, there's something to that. And you'll see, like uh, most of the brands will have a shoe kind of like that. It seems that they're starting yeah. to be seeing more and more. Um, I think it's usually how it goes. It's like Nike or Adidas or someone will come out with kind of like a 
pioneering technology, and then kind of all the other brands will follow suit. I remember a couple years ago, Adidas came out with the Boost midsole material, which is essentially a TPU plastic um, that is kind of, like they blow air into it, and then they heat mold it together to make it look, it looks like a styrofoam, but it's actually a TPU, so it's really durable, and it has a lot of energy return. And so you'll see it, you saw it in the Adidas shoes, and then, you know, Saucony comes out with Everrun, which is essentially the same exact thing, mm -hmm. and Puma has a version of it, everybody kind of has something like it. Um, and even I think the Zoomex foam in there has some like, um, call it PVAX, but it's molded, well it's kind of blended into the foam to give it that kind of springy feel, so give you some energy return. Um, and it's interesting because PVAX is, can be used in a bunch of different forms, like it can come in like a hard like plastic plate or it can be a soft springy material underneath your foot, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I remember Katie uh, works at this store here and who has been on our podcast before, mm -hmm. um, mentioned that she had a pair of these Hoka Carbon X shoes and <coughs> basically saying exactly what you're saying. So like it felt like she hadn't even done a workout after she finished yeah. the workout. Like she it was just, just like another felt fresh run. after the workout. Yeah, it just feels like <clears throat> another run as opposed to a really hard workout. Um, Almost like you're cheating. Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't view it like that. I would say it's more of a tool. I would say that you're using it in conjunction with hard work. Like, I feel like that would be a real disservice to my own running and maybe a lot of other people's to say, like, oh, it's the shoes that moves right, faster. Right. You still have to be fair. Yeah, you still, still have, have to do the work. work. Right. Like, you know, <clears throat> the shoes definitely help, you know, maybe in the past I would got injured doing some of the work that I'm doing, mm -hmm. but wearing the shoes doesn't, you know, like, it's not making me get out and have the motivation to do a 12 mile tempo. Or, right, right. You know, a 26 mile long run, you know, like, you have to put in the work with the shoes. Yeah. You still gotta put one leg in front of the other. Correct. Yeah. Shoe ain't doing that for you. They're not rocket shoes. They're not. They're not exactly. Not yet. Nope. Not yet. Well, that's hover shoes will be next. You know, the upper is interesting too. I noticed. Do you notice anything different in the upper in this one, Adam, when you wear it? Yes, actually, um, and it's different when we go into the Vaporfly next percent. Yeah. But yeah, this is definitely. I would say it's a little more on the front there. Yeah, is it kind of? It's like a sock, basically, too. Yeah. So like the upper, a lot of the shoe companies are moving in that direction, where it's kind of like the upper is one piece. <coughs> As opposed to being multiple pieces sewn together, yes. so like the Vaporfly there is like a knit material, right? It's like a cloth. It is, yeah. Yeah. Whereas some like the Hoka one here is not quite as like sock-like. It has a little bit more like like nylon content to it, so it feels a little bit more. It's not as soft up against the skin, but I think it would be a little bit more efficient at moving moisture. You know? Yeah. I would imagine that one would get a little wet if it was raining or if your foot got real sweaty. Correct. So that brings us to the next shoe because they attempted to correct that exact problem. Uh -huh. um, the Vaporfly Next Percent. 
going for the pink and black attack here. Right oh, the man. Yeah, it's a good look at yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. And um, so this, they tried to correct that problem because the 4% here, supposedly, um, you know, a lot of elite marathoners, we're talking the big names, were saying that this wasn't the most efficient shoot aware. You know, it was taking in water. If it was a rainy day, it had a hard time with some traction on the roads. Okay. So this is the latest and greatest running shoe right here. The Vaporfly Next Percent only comes in two colors, green or pink. Uh -huh. um, I have to say, it's kind of a goofy looking shoe. Yeah, you got that little wave yeah. on the back. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like not a bike like, helmet. <laughs> like you wouldn't go walking around in that shoe. No, not at all. And um, so this shoe right here, this is actually my favorite. Like when it comes to racing, I'll always wear this over the So you've worn this? There I've only raced in it in, once. Yes, yeah, okay. Um, and this exact pair is actually <coughs> unworn. So. You uh, PR? I did. Sweet. Um, you can notice that difference. 10K that. personal best. Nice. So this repels water. Yeah. Yeah. It feels it. It feels like yeah. it. Looks more like one of those like shell jackets you would wear on the main thing. It's got that yeah. feel to it, where it's like scratchy. The midsole looks a little bit different too. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it's a little beefed up, a little bit more cushioning back there. Yeah. And then yeah, there is a little bit more traction on the forefoot. Yeah, and it definitely feels like while running, it's encouraging you to run on that forefoot, um, which is good for me because that's kind of how I've always raced. I, I noticed I had like a, another pair called the Zoom Fly, which is like the lower price point. I'm very cheap. That's <laughs> kind of what I'm getting at. Nice. So there's like a lower price point version of this a couple of years ago. And I remember having the sensation of like, I have to run on my forefoot. Because like if I don't, it's uncomfortable. Right. Like I didn't enjoy landing on my midfoot or on my heel in the shoe. It was kind of like <clears throat> forcing me to be a little bit more and run a little faster. So if you were a heel striker, it might be a well, little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, maybe. I think this one would be a little different just because it's got so much cushioning back there. Yeah. Yeah. So you might be okay, but the one that I had wasn't as soft, I don't think, underfoot. Didn't have Zoom X foam. <laughs> it was Zoom whatever foam. And yeah. so these are, I guess, <clears throat> you could call them the 5%, but I guess it's not actually enough it's not quite five percent, so it's more like four and a half percent more efficient. I saw somewhere that they didn't feel comfortable putting a number on it. Yeah, exactly. Just because they had gotten some some people that improved by you know another percent or two percent, but some other people hadn't noticed any gains, so they weren't like pumped about putting a number on it. Interesting. Yeah, I would say like you know my reason for wearing these in a race as opposed to the four percent. Would definitely be the fact that you know it repels water and moisture. Um, so I did do one workout. I have one other pair of these next percents at home. I did a workout um, very recently on a day where it was like pouring out. Um, these were definitely better on the road than the four percent would have been. That's important because um, I find sometimes just I'm running it. Crosswalk and forget about it. You know, you're on your, your, you're yeah. on your rear end. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
know? So you found that was, it repelled water, but it also allowed your foot to breathe, so. Correct. That was okay. And Kept your foot cool. cooler and more comfortable. Another thing I'd like to say about both shoes is I haven't had any blisters since owning them. Interesting. Um, sometimes when I would race and say, hair of, you know, flats or spikes, um, you know, even like my most recent 5K, which I ran in like May, um, I had like this big blister on the bottom of my foot just from working hard and really digging in. Um, I haven't had that issue with either pair of these shoes. So they fit really well too. Correct. See, that's the thing. So you got to make sure you get a shoe that fits. Otherwise, you're going to end up blisters or toenails falling off. Or toenails falling off. Turning like purple and falling off. It's really yeah. interesting. It's cool. uh, yeah, you know, I guess uh, the reason why I brought this Runner's World Gear of the Year magazine um, is because there was an article I read when I was flipping through during a lunch break where we were talking about the gear that changed everything. And so in this article, um, the gentleman they wrote about found his favorite just talking about um, how this pair of shoes, in this case the Adidas, had a zero Boston for him, um, changed everything. You know, he didn't really have the injuries anymore. Um, you know, he kind of felt great every day wearing them. And, you know, just finding that pair of shoes that's perfect for you, that the Vaporfly X% is that pair of shoes for me, for yeah. sure. That's something Ray and I are pretty familiar with. Finding people like the shoe that fits your foot mm -hmm. the best and provides you like the right amount of support and the right amount of cushioning is kind of all that matters when you're trying to run, especially if you're doing like the longer distance stuff. Finding your shoe, that's the goal. You know? It's sometimes a balancing act. You have to find something that works for you. It has to fit your foot shape. Um, it has to meet all of your needs. It has to feel natural. And over time, you find that you, your needs may evolve, like mine, and I had to switch up shoes at one point because I found I needed something with a little more cushion in it. Um, so, yeah. You weren't going to wear the Mizuno Alchemy role? I wasn't going to, no, the Mizuno Alchemy was just not something that was going to work for me all the time. You know? It did at the time it, that it, I fit you up. It, it, did, it did at the time, absolutely. Right? You loved that shoe when I put you in it. I, I really, I really liked it. But then, over the time, well, things changed, you know? Things changed, you know, right. my body changed a bit, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of change, why don't we take a break? Okay. And then we'll kind of change gears and talk maybe a little bit about, like, why this shoe exists and the whole, like, process behind it, and maybe talk a little bit about that uh, two-hour marathon deal. Ooh, sub-two-hour marathon. Sub-two-hour marathon. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, we'll be right crazy. back. back and uh, we're talking technology today. Technology that helps runners out. Um, first half of our podcast here we focused a lot on running shoes, um, specifically shoes that are designed to kind of propel you forward, make you feel a little faster, um, help cushion the blow a little bit, make you feel a little fresher when you finish a workout or a run. Um, and I know that that Nike Vaporfly 4% um, was basically built around this whole marketing effort by Nike to break the two-hour marathon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, gentleman yes. by the name of Kipchoge. Kipchoge. Um, I remember when that was like the, it was all hyped up a couple years ago. It was very, like a lot of buzz, a lot of buzz around this thing, you know? Um, and I remember the first one I stayed up, I watched it. Wow. And uh, it was super exciting. Because the way that they did it was they had three dudes who like trained together, or not didn't train together, but they were tested together. And uh, they would have like, the way that they set it up was crazy. Did you guys watch that that thing or hear about I mean, it? I, I watched highlights of it. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing through, but it was pretty amazing. It was amazing all the different things that they controlled in the situation, you know, as far as the pacers, mm-hmm. um, doing it on, I think it was a Formula One racetrack. Mm-hmm. Um, Having his vehicle and just really cool, the right shoes, the right everything. Yeah. You know, um, but proper training. Right. Incredibly fit people. Yes, like the fittest. People. The, the fittest people, the yeah. fittest runners, and you know, so. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it pretty cool. wild. I thought it was really cool having yep. control for all that. Yeah. And so yeah, that first one he ended up running what like two hours and twenty-five seconds. Yes, he was off by like 20-ish, 20-something seconds, so, which is amazing, you know, that he was able to do that, but missed by that much. Just by that much. Just but then they, uh, he did it again, right? This year, not too long ago, actually. Another attempt, about uh, two years later. Yeah, yeah which is, uh, that's nuts. And um, the shoes he was wearing were kind of a, like, prototype version of something like this. That were like super engineered, um, and he, uh, I mean, he had to run it right, so he had to use legs. Yes. But he had some assistance with the shoes. They changed the course too. Mm-hmm. I think the course, the second round, was more. There was a lot more straight, straightness to it. Yeah, they wanted to make this as flat as possible, and if there was a turn, they didn't want it to be wide. Definitely wanted to make this as fast as possible. They gave him like an entire team of pacers. They had lasers on the vehicles on the road. They kept everyone on track, on pace. Uh, monitored the nutrition the whole way. Um, they even used a type of uh, energy gel that I'm really not too familiar with. Is it Morton or Jeez, yeah. No, I don't. I don't. Like a black packet. I guess the idea behind it is when you take it in, it almost forms like a ball in your stomach. Huh. And um, so, yeah, it kind of creates that feeling that you're full, and it's kind of different than maybe like a, a stinger or goo. Interesting. I wonder if it's in here. Yeah, right. Like, well, maybe you know, should get some here. We yeah, can yeah. find out about this stuff. <laughs> that's and that's so amazing, important. too. I hadn't yeah. even thought about that. I hadn't even thought about nutrition during the race. But right. That's one of the reasons why it can't be a world record. There's lots of different reasons, but one of the reasons is he had like a bike riding next to him, yeah. handing him his car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They monitor his nutrition the whole way. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, um, it, it was it's huge in the sense that a major human barrier is broken. I mean, it's remarkable, it really is. But. You know, at the same time, maybe running purists are kind of saying, well, you know, it was kind of you know, contrived, it was aided. Um, and that also, like, wasn't really a race. He's not racing, mm-hmm. right? It's one guy. Uh, 
Racing the clock. Yeah, race that's the it. Clock. Racing the clock. That's it's it. more of a time trial than an actual mm-hmm. race. Um, I, I would be a little more impressed if it actually happened like in a race because very shortly after this, and it really is amazing, this feat was you know accomplished. A woman actually broke the marathon record in the Chicago Marathon. Right, this she was like two fourteen or yeah. something. Only days yeah. later. Yeah, um, I bet she was wearing these shoes. <laughs> I, I'd like to chance. see a photo. I think, I think she was. I wonder. I think she was. Um, That's amazing. It is, but the dude has run like two oh one in a race, right? He's done Berlin, the Berlin Marathon. He ran two oh one something. So it's like so close to mm-hmm. actually happening in a race, right? And, and I think it will happen because yeah, the I do progression too. in the last hundred years of the sport. Now we're at this point. Yeah. Um, I think all I'm saying is I'd be a little more impressed if that really came in a race. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it's just a matter of time. But now so, that mentally we know the human body can go that fast, right. um, he'll always be the innovator in that regard. Yeah. I think so, that was one of his, his uh, little mantras is that no human is limited. So now you know you can, someone did it, so other people can do it. It'll be done. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of done. like Roger Bannister in that first sub four minute mile. Right. Now, is it, I think the exact, it's less than 700 people, 600 something people have broken the four minute mile since. Yeah. Um, but had he not done that, remember, I believe the um, idea was that you would die if you were in the heart would explode. Your heart would yeah. explode. Yeah. And Instantaneously. So by him breaking through that barrier, that kind of opened the door for a lot of other great athletes to do it as well. Right, right. Did Roger Bannister have? Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't either. All I know is it was it a race or was it a time trial? I think it was an actual race. Um, I mean, I'm going off of memory here, yeah. but I remember the day he did it. Um, based on what I read, it was there was a little bit of a wind, and he almost didn't want to attempt it on that day because he thought the wind would prevent him from doing it. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Did it. Yep. He hit it. He stretched the uh, body and the imagination. <sighs> That's amazing stuff. I would uh, like to get a pair of these. Great so, idea. <laughs> if I had two hundred fifty dollars to drop, I might grab a set myself. Um, what other types of technologies do you see in running that helps us runners become better versions of ourselves? Um, I mean, I think of things like uh, apparel, accessories, socks, um, but apparel like materials have, you can wear like shorts, tops, yeah. you know, um, running watches, much, yeah, running watches, yep. um, GPS oh, watches are cool. high tech stuff, you know, yeah. uh, but when I think of like, when I think of apparel, I think back to when I was, when I was younger and Stuff on. I mean, we, it was um, wicking material, but it's nothing like it is today. I mean, you know, we'd right. wear a pair of running shorts, and you know, we might wear that, and we wear a cotton shirt, which doesn't really do much for you at all. It's gonna stick to you and just be uncomfortable, <laughs> right. weight you down. But nowadays, you have you know, fabrics that just are amazing. You know what I mean? Just yeah. keep you drier, super lightweight. Um, you know, they don't chafe. 
So get you through the run a little bit. Get you through the run. I know I had a North Face shirt that was called Better Than Naked Shirt. Yeah. And it did. It felt great. It felt like you weren't wearing a shirt. Right. And that's all you want. It's just everything to just disappear. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the GPS watch is the thing that, in addition to these shoes, is probably the most crazy for me. Um, I remember, and Eric, you're kind of my age, in the mid-2000s, if you wanted to know how far you ran, you went on Google Maps, oh, yeah. and you the traced your run yeah. on every single side street, you know, you made sure you had all those lines and dots exactly. Yeah. And now the GPS watch does that for you. And now the GPS Crazy. watch does so much more, you know, it can track your cadence, how many steps you took? Heart rate, heart stress. rate. Yeah. You can even do stress. You can yeah. Stress. Yeah. It can tell you how long you need to relax before your next run, so you recover it. It can do VO2 max estimates. It can do vertical oscillation. It can do ground contact time. It can do all sorts of things. And with Bluetooth, it can go straight from your watch to your phone. That's crazy. And then onto the interwebs. So exactly. On the interwebs, uh, if you yeah. have a link to Strava. It I'm still not comfortable with Strava just yet. I haven't yeah. used it. But, what, are you, uh, what are you uncomfortable about Strava? Ah, you know, I, I don't really want people like Google doing <coughs> on a given day. But, um, I understand. It's that. more of a privacy I thing. I hear you. I don't blame you. Country. But, you know, um, maybe if it was set to private, I'd know about it. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean, the, the GPS watches are like the jam. They used to be like. Huge. You used to take up half your forearm, <laughs> yeah. and now they're like just a normal watch. You could wear it going out, or you could wear it for a run. And it's super. They're super easy to use. One button, hit it, you're out the door. Yeah, and also another thing is um, with Bluetooth. Um, sometimes I just have it sitting on my counter when I'm not using it. Texts show up on it. It'll let me know when oh, someone's wow. calling. Emails show up on my watch. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. You put all your music on it and yeah. more. Um, and the heart rate monitors, um, the wrist-based heart rate monitor is just is amazing. It is, yeah. There's no sh- I mean, it's right there in your wrist. Right. And there's no strap involved and just pretty amazing on that. Like I've been using this Apple Watch for a while. It's not like as accurate as, say, like a Garmin watch or whatever when you're running. But the fact that I can go for a run without my phone... And someone could call me, and I could just answer it on my watch. Yeah. And I can stream like all the music in the world from my wrist. It blows my mind. Yeah. It's crazy. And that wasn't the thing, you know, less than ten years ago. Even you know. There's another thing I heard with there's something about um, a feature where there's if you're distressed, if you're experiencing yes. a physical distress, or if you've been assaulted or something, you can alert. Yeah, I think Garmin has like a feature in some of their watches where like, yeah, it'll alert all of your contacts that something is wrong and it'll ping your location. That's cool. So they like, it'll contact the emergency services and then also text all your like emergency contacts so they know where you're at and something's wrong. That's great. Yeah. Because I just got my latest edition of Runner's World yesterday. I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And the woman on the cover was saying that 84% of women out there have been you know, dealing with harassment or other things. It's true. And I remember even, you know, a few years ago, right near my hometown, a woman was 
was murdered while running. And um, so that technology would be especially helpful, you know, if someone's oh, in distress. Yeah. Right. Um, and even for, you know, men, you know, we can go back to the hawk story, you know. Like, yeah, when you were attacked by the hawk, right? <laughs> yes. It would be so nice yeah. if I was able to kind of let someone know I was in, you know, eight miles deep in the woods. <laughs> you were being attacked by a, a, by a crazy hawk. <laughs> like, no. But it, no, it's a wild feature and it's just right. It is a, risk, you know? yeah, super helpful. I think <clears throat> all the major watch manufacturers who do that should implement something like that, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, I hate to do this, but I think we gotta wrap it up, fellas. We gotta. Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> oh, unfortunately, man. I mean, we could do this all day. There's, I mean, we could talk about. There's stuff we could talk about. You know, forever, you know. Right. Hours and hours. But okay. Yeah. Um, we'll have to do it again sometime. Then. Yeah. I guess my closing thought is: we're all learning. Technology is always changing, and um, there's still more things I want to read more about, such as those energy gels. We discussed yeah um so yeah evolution of sport we're getting better right we're getting faster we're getting stronger that's i mean what else would we want to do you know we don't want to go backwards man no we're runners you know what runners do they go forward, <laughs> they run forward. We're not running we're not running backwards nope we're going forward runners run forward um so with that we'll sign off thank you adam thanks adam, for, for coming, coming by uh we'll have you again uh, uh sometime. Hey, we're getting closer to episode 500, which means the Pat Wolin. Yes. That's true. <laughs> true. We're, we're, we're inching closer. Week by week, we'll get there. Um, but again, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll chat next week. Later. Keep running, folks. <laughs>